Okay, so the first reading today is taken from Isaiah chapter 40, and it's headed Comfort for God's People. And I'm reading from verses 1 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare a way for the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid, says the towns of Judah. Here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. And this last verse is particularly pertinent to the mums here today. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his art, and he gently leads those that have young. And the second reading is taken from 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. 
Amen. Thanks be to God. Amen. Jane did set the tone by trying to find some obscure names in the Bible, some obscure names, some women. You know, when you mention Eve, yes, yeah, she's a well-known name. And, you know, you think about Sarah, you think about others, but there are some other names in the Bible that don't immediately ring a bell. And I'm going to look at a few of them for us today. Um, Here I have a very short list, but it's important for us to think about these ladies. But one that we also quickly think about when we think of women in the Bible or mothers in the Bible is Naomi. Yes, we think of Ruth and Naomi. Now, she is one whose life was that of not only a mother, but she was a model. Her life gave direction and support Two young ladies who were her um, daughters-in-law, Naomi made sure she was thinking of their good. When Naomi lost her husband, lost her two sons, she thought, what am I still doing out there? I have to go back home where I was born. And this lady said, we will go with you. Naomi said, no, 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 go back to your parents. I mean, what else are you going with me to do? I have no other sons for you to marry, so just, just go and enjoy your life. So she wasn't just thinking about herself, she was thinking about the good, even though she was old and she needed these young ladies to be there for her, but no, Naomi wasn't thinking about herself, she was thinking about these young ladies. Go and get married, just, just enjoy your life, I'm fine. But was she fine? No, she wasn't. Because this woman had been broken by her experience. In fact, when Naomi went back home, and they said, Naomi is back. She said, no, don't call me Naomi. Call me what? Who will remember? Mara. And Mara means bitter. And she wanted to name herself according to her experience. But Naomi was not only a mother and a model. She was a mentor. Mentor. To Ruth, she was guiding Ruth and showing her what to do afterwards because Opa, who was the other daughter-in-law, well, she only needed a little persuasion to say, okay, that's fine, I'll go back to my parents. And off she went. But Ruth said, don't do this to me. I want to go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Your people are now my people. In fact, your God is my God. So I will not let you go alone. And Ruth went with Naomi. That's another lady whose life was of commitment. She had given her word and she was not going to change. She decided that whether good or bad, the vow she made, in life or in death, she belonged to this family. She was part of them. She didn't want to see herself as someone else. So wherever you go, I will go. Whether she wasn't going to remarry wasn't her problem. Here she was committed to support her mother-in-law, Naomi. 
But then we go further into the scripture, we see a woman called Deborah. Who will know who Deborah was? Okay, let's go to Judges chapter 4. Let's just read just a, a, a sentence, a verse of this woman's life. So we'll go to Judges, okay? Judges. Why is it? Old or New Testament? <laughs> okay, Old Testament. Judges chapter 4. And we are going to read verse 4. So you're not going to forget it. 4-4, four, four, isn't it? Now, what does it say about Deborah? It says, Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidot, was leading Israel at that time. She had a ministry. She was a prophetess. She was a housewife, a mom. And she was a judge, a leader of Israel. Now, this was a patriarchal society, and it still is. And for a woman to be the leader of the whole of Israel tells you how special and how powerful this woman was. She didn't allow the fact that society will go for the man. No, she knew that God had called her and gifted her, and she was ready to use her gifts. Maybe from being a housewife, and then her prophetic gifts began to become very impactful. People thought, well, if this woman can tell us the heart and the mind of God, then she could as well lead us. And there she became the leader of Israel. Now, it happened that when Israel was going into a battle, whoever was the chief of army staff, chief of defense staff, minister of defense, whatever you call him, he could not go into the battle until Deborah was ready to go. Now, let's read a bit further. From verse 5, she held court under the palm of Deborah. She didn't have a palace. She was under a palm tree. Between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came to her to have their disputes decided. She was a judge. She sent for Barak, not Obama, <laughs> this is another Barak who was there in the Bible. Sent for Barak, son of Abinoam from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. I will lure Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kihon, uh, Kishon River and give him into your hands. Now look at verse 8. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? The whole army commander said, I'm not going to go. 
He had faith in this woman. He had confidence. If this woman will go with me in this battle, I know I'm going to win. If I'm going alone, there's going to be trouble. He relied on her wisdom. Already, prophetically, she's told her, this is what the Lord has said. But that wasn't enough for Barak. Barak wanted to go with him in this battle. So Deborah is one of those people that we need to always remember. The question is, as a woman, do you see your own gift shining out? Or do you allow your gift to be buried? Everyone, of us, we are gifted and talented and blessed by God. And God wants us to use our gifts. Deborah used her gifts. In her simplicity, sitting under the palm tree, don't take her for granted because she was a woman to be noted that a whole commander of the army will say, I will not go if you don't go with me. Another woman I want us to think about today, well, we've talked about Eunice and Lois, didn't we, when we read uh, Second Timothy. These were women whose faith did not die with them. They handed their faith, okay? Lois handed to Eunice, the daughter, and the daughter handed to the son, Timothy. And so Timothy was drawing from this river that was flowing down through the generations. And women, we are the ones who can nurture our children in the faith. Even those who have turned their backs on God, don't worry, keep praying for them. Keep believing for them. Don't give up on them. There are wonderful women. I've got three books here. If you want to borrow any of them, please, you're welcome to do that. You know, ten girls who used their talents. Ten girls who didn't give in. Ten girls who made a difference. These are ladies who allowed God to use them to make a difference in life. So, Eunice and Lois made a difference by their genuine faith, we are told. There were also people who thought intergenerationally. They didn't just think this faith is for our own time. No, when their children and grandchildren came to them, they saw it as an opportunity to bring the word of God to them. Now, there is another we're going to go to Exodus. Let's go back a bit more. Exodus. We're going to read chapter 1. Exodus. And where will this scene be? Where will this context be? Exodus chapter 1. Who will remember? Sorry? In Egypt. Thank you. This will be happening in Egypt. Now, Exodus chapter 1, we will read verses 15 onwards. Let's read about two ladies. Exodus chapter 1, verse 15. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, they were very talented, educated. They were midwives in Egypt. He said to the Hebrew midwives, this Pharaoh giving his command, the two ladies here whose names were Shifra and Poah. 
Shifra and Pua, that's another very, you know, obscure name you may never have thought about in the Bible. But these ladies were given a command by Pharaoh. What did he say? When you have the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it is a boy, do what? Kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives again and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? Now these ladies were audacious. Very, very powerful. They thought, no, we can't do this. Even though this is the most powerful man at the time telling us, kill these boys. He said, no, we won't kill them. And when Pharaoh knew, he called them back. said, why didn't you obey my orders? Now let's see what they say to Pharaoh. In verse 18, then the king, okay, we'll write that. Verse 19, the midwives answered, they were bold enough to respond, to reply to Pharaoh. Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. Oh my word, what a boldness. They are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. Wonderful. I can see people who are full of the Holy Spirit. By the time the midwives are coming, whether that was right or wrong, they had already given birth. But these women were bold to respond to these despots. I pray there will be bold women in the cabinet of Putin who will tell Putin, bring back our children from Ukraine. I pray there will be bold women. If Putin's mom is still alive, I pray that she will call the son and say, Son, what are you doing? I pray someone will speak some sense into him. And of course, some of them are doing it. I read just yesterday of soldiers who ran over their own you know, Russian commander because they wouldn't take any orders to go and kill people. Some of them are turning back. But unfortunately, their commanders are shooting them for turning back. So they have no option than to continue in a war that they never knew that that was what they were going to do in Ukraine. So we pray for such very bold, and there are bold Ukrainian midwives who in the midst of the shelling are still giving birth to babies. Doctors who are so bold within, you know, hospitals that are being bombed, they are still taking care of their patients. Those are the people we are talking about this morning. The boldness of these unknown women, Shifra and Pua, that you don't always hear from the Bible. But these are women that made a difference. Now let's come a bit more to the New Testament now. And we have a name in the church here. And you're special. And that's Joanna. Ooh, she's looking up now. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go to Luke. Okay, let's go to Luke. This time, New Testament. Let's see. Because sometimes we hear some names. We don't know they're actually from the Bible. And so, let's go to Luke chapter 8. Okay? And let's see a bit about Joanna. Where do we find Joanna in the Bible? 
Luke chapter 8 from verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. Remember, the twelve were always with him. But, do you also know, he says, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Some of them, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Then, verse 3, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Remember Herod, who was sitting in judgment over Jesus. But within his palace, his manager, the wife, was a disciple of Jesus. Joanna, wonderful. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be very happy today, Joanna. <laughs> because here, this woman, unknown. How many times have we heard about Joanna since she started reading the Bible? Or pe people begin, begin to preach about, you know, the scripture. Not many times do we hear about Joanna. But this woman, look at what she was doing. Apart from following Jesus, let's hear what they did. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. This woman living in the palace was wealthy. And from her means, she was supporting the ministry of Jesus. Fantastic. If you go to churches, even our church here, well, it seems we have more men today. But most times you see more women than men in the church. And so the church literally supported by women. And that is what was happening even at the time of Jesus. These women gave themselves to support Jesus. These are some of the obscure women in the Bible. But they were resourceful, they were generous, and they used their connection to do the work of God. So the question is, how do we use the opportunities God has given us as women, and of course as men, to advance the gospel. We are looking at the obscure women in the Bible. Some of them, you don't hear them being preached. But it's important for us to know. It doesn't matter how obscure you may be. If they Google your name, maybe nobody will find your name in Google. <laughs> but let me tell you, it doesn't mean that God doesn't know you. God knows you personally. He knows your name. He knows your address. It's important for us to realize that. And so Isaiah will say to us, comfort my people. God is the one who cradles us as a mom. But that doesn't make God mom. God is bigger than mom and dad. I find it difficult when people want to begin to say, because they want equality, so you have to call God mom. No, the Bible is very clear about it. He's our father in heaven. Amen. So, but it, 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 it doesn't take away the fact that God's love is even stronger than the love of a mom to the child. It doesn't take away the fact that God nourishes and provides for us. It doesn't take away the fact that God is always there watching out for us. As a mom, we watch out for the child who is playing out there. And once they hear the cry, you see them running out of the house. What's going on there? That's what a mom will do. And that's what God does for us. 
He wants to make sure that we are okay. So God is bringing comfort to us today for all the moms who are hurting. I found a book in the library behind there, and Joy has been encouraging us to pick up books in the library. This one says, Fresh Elastic for Stretched Out Moms. <laughs> so if there's any stretched out mom in the house today, you have fresh elastic. You can pick up this book and read and find out what he's talking about. I've not read it. I only saw the title, Fresh Elastic, and I thought, wow, this is very, very helpful, <laughs> you know. Because a lot of times moms could be stretched. But you know, the good thing about being stretched, remember a year or two ago when we went through that series of being stretched? When an elastic is stretched, it gives it greater reach, doesn't it? You know, so when we are stretched in life, God is only using that opportunity to give us a greater reach. It doesn't, I don't understand what that is for you. Because we are each different. But what that reach might be for you might not be the same for another person. Are you fearful as a mom? Remember Shifra and Poa who were bold enough to confront this tyrant called Pharaoh. May the Lord give you strength and courage today like Deborah who was there leading Israel. And Barak will say, if you don't go with me, I will not go anywhere. God has put a dream in you. There's something that God wants you to do in this life before you quit. We all have one to live. And while we are here, is there something? You know what? The things that bother you most could be an indication of what God wants you to do. Don't look for who is going to do that. That could be God saying to you, do something about it. Because the women who changed this world were those who decided that enough is enough. Something must change. That women can vote today is because a woman decided to carry a placard and stood before a racing horse. The horses were coming. She held her placard. And the horse ran over her. And today, women can vote. It's important for us to realize that mothers are special. So don't begin to underestimate yourself or your ability. There's nothing that God cannot do with you if only you're willing to allow him. And even here in the church, there are many things that you could be used of God to do. So don't tell yourself, oh, I'm tired. I can't do that anymore. You can't because the grace of God is there with you. Forget about all the challenges. God will always see us through if we open our hearts to him. And so as we bring this together, we're talking about the obscure women in the Bible. And you may be one of the obscure women in society, but that doesn't mean that there's someone out there who is not thinking about you. If people don't, God is. If people don't recognize your efforts, God is recognizing your efforts. If people don't recognize your contribution, Jesus saw that woman who gave that widow's mite. 
It was tiny little penny. But Jesus said, this woman gave all better than the millionaires, than the oligarchs. Because why? She gave her last. Now, when people talk about widow's might, by the way, they only talk about it in terms of giving little. No, no, that woman didn't give little. Compared to others, she gave everything. So God is not telling us to give the little. God is telling us, give as much as you can afford to give, joyfully. Let us pray. You may count yourself as an obscure woman, but you are not in the eyes of God. You may think of yourself as a helpless woman, but before God you are not helpless. And even for us men, it applies to everyone, male and female. You may think that you are obscure. You're not one of those whose names have been mentioned in the news. Nobody will put up your name to receive, you know, um, peerage. Nobody will put up your name, you know, to be so mentioned at Buckingham Palace. Uh, look, you're special in the eyes of God. Father, we just want to thank you today. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of moms, sisters, aunts, daughters, granddaughters, daughters-in-law. Father, Lord Almighty, gift of great-grandmoms, grandmoms, everyone, O Lord Almighty, in this life. Through Lord Almighty, you've blessed us as women with. We pray the Lord you'll bless them today. And those who are hurting, like Naomi was hurting, Father, Lord, we pray this morning, may you be a blessing to them. Father, send roots on their way who will be there to comfort and, and help them. Those, oh Lord, who will be committed to support them in their old age. We pray, Father, Lord Almighty, that such will also be Naomi, who will be there, Lord Almighty, to give direction and support to be a mentor to young ladies like Ruth. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for hearing our prayer today. And may your word continue to speak to us even after now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.